What's happening, everybody? It's another episode of the Cycle Shack Podcast. Today is Monday, June 24th, 2018. It is 8.53 p.m. Recording it a little bit early tonight, man. Back that down a little bit, a little bit of intro music just to change it up. Haven't done it in a while. We're back on the YouTube. Thank you for joining us, the YouTube people who wanted a little bit of audio on YouTube. We got a visual, but there's not much to look at. Just me and my freedom flag behind me. A couple of things in the background. That's about it. So welcome back. Thanks for listening. The Cycle Shack podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm. That's right. Anchor.fm. If you have not tried Anchor.fm, what are you waiting for? It's the only way to podcast. Just download Anchor.fm on your iPhone, on your Droid, available now on Apple. Just go to their website, Anchor.fm. Hook up a microphone. Set up an account first. Hook up a microphone. Hit record. Do a podcast. It's the only way to podcast, guys. Anchor.fm. You got to check it out. It's fast. It's quick. It's easy. And it's very user-friendly, man. It got my podcast back on the air on multiple platforms. As you get viewers, they even take you and put you on different platforms like Pocket Cast, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of other podcast platforms. Anchor.fm, give it a shot. You got nothing to lose. It's fast, it's free, and it's easy. Give it a shot. Let's knock this music out. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me. It was a rainy, rainy evening here in the Hudson Valley. Excuse me. And uh, I say rainy because, for the most part, the weathermen have been saying it's going to be raining all weekend. I I didn't go riding. I passed up on a ride because the weathermen were saying it's going to rain. And it never rained. It was cloudy. Might have been a spotty shower elsewhere. But here around Animal House Studios, it was fine up until about maybe two hours ago that it started storming. So, uh weathermen were a little late on that one another weekend ruined no riding so definitely um excuse me what do we got going on here messing up my notes so i want to give a a thank you to ted kedler of the motorcycle men podcast thank you very much for having me on this segment uh, rider rides and featuring my bike on the rider rides. Thank you for mentioning the motor, uh, the, the the Cycle Shack podcast on Motorcycle Men podcast, and um, thank you, man. I hope we uh, do a little collaboration of shows, and um, I get I get to maybe do their show on a full episode, and maybe they get to come and do mine. So uh, yeah, really fun. You know, they they were one of the first motorcycle podcasts i started listening to when i first started listening to podcasts i uh decided and i think i've mentioned this before so i uh when i discovered podcasts that i really started listening to them and you know i had a long drive into work so i said let me try to give the podcast a try one day at work before i hit the road i started setting up the phone and i I looked for on on uh, it was iTunes at the time. Now it's Apple Podcasts. I said, let me look up anything on motorcycles, and boom, Motorcycle Men popped up. Been listening to them since like episode five, like I said on the interview. So it's a great show. Give them a listen, and um, they were one of the reasons, not the primary reason, but they were one of the reasons that I decided to do a motorcycle pod, uh, 
podcast show. But this this is motorcycles and more. It doesn't have to be just motorcycles. You know, I don't get very political, but we can talk about anything pretty much. Um, I do segments where I have people call into the show and I patch them in. And you know, my buddy Ed, I got to, I've had the Lights Brothers on, uh, Mark and Michael Lights. So, um, you know, the show's moving along and it's all thanks to Anchor.fm. So podcasting has come a long way. I didn't know anything about podcasting. And these guys, Motorcycle Men Podcast is what got me interested and got me into researching what's going on. Because for a long time, I thought, well, if you got a podcast, you got to have some kind of radio knowledge. Um, probably got to go to a studio, got to get picked up. I was totally green. I had no idea what entailed, what was entailed in doing a podcast. So so here we are, man. You know, I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing video podcasting and that's what this is pretty much, you know, bringing a platform so you can listen to it on YouTube with a little bit of visual. Um, so, uh, yeah, the last show you heard was my recording of the Motorcycle Men podcast interview with Ted Kettler. And if you notice, if you did listen, give them a listen and you heard their show, you saw that their theirs was the uh, edited cut, the official show. Mine's was the unedited recording interview that they did. Uh, via Skype with me, so um, awesome time, you know. Had fun doing it. Uh, had to do a couple of takes because there was some some uh, mess ups, and there were mess up primarily on my behalf. Uh, I have a hard line connection. I, I don't do anything Wi Fi. I got straight internet connection, but for some reason the Skype dropped. And I uh, come to find out from uh, my son that Skype's not really the way to go. If you're going to do Skype, you got to do it without video because Skype has uh, really bad connections all around. The servers are always dropping in the middle of uh, a broadcast. So it, it, it actually wasn't my setup. It was Skype in general. Skype's not the best platform to use anymore. Um, so we're doing a little research to see what is, but. I don't know. It is what it is. It didn't bother me when we stopped doing the video feed. It worked out plenty good. So we got a nice interview out of it. So thanks again to Ted Kedler and the Motorcycle Man podcast. I hope to do something soon. So uh, I keep pulling myself here. That's why I keep twitching. I don't want you guys to think I'm going bananas here. This cord. Let's get that out the way. So the first thing I started to mention as we went on Facebook Live for a little bit. Oh, by the way, we were on Facebook Live for about five minutes. Just to do a quick intro of the show, bring people onto the show, let them know what's going on. Just to have fun with it. I'm just learning how to use this, so it is what it is. Uh, first topic is dealer or independent shop. So when you take your bike, it doesn't necessarily have to be Harley now. When you take your motorcycle, your Yamaha, your Harley, even you Harley guys, including myself. Where do you go? Dealer or independent shop? So the main answer to this question, there's no right or wrong. Um, you know, it's not, I don't want to come off as I'm bashing Harley Davidson because I'm not bashing Harley Davidson. I take the good with the bad. I own a Harley now and I love it. So, you know, with all, with all, Things said, I own one. So, part of me owning a Harley is not only that it's a badass bike, um, but because of the great customer service. So, my reason for, I do a once a year service, and that's because one, I'm under warranty still, and two, I do that once a year service because I will let a professional mechanic just look the bike over. It's still on the warranty. So, if there's any major defects, 
I want it to be picked up on the warranty, okay? I don't want it to come out of my pocket. So since it's warrantied, let the warranty pay for it. But I will only get it serviced once a season, and that will be in November. I'll probably do that in November. I do it in November because the cycle shops are empty. They're winding down. Uh, they'll have everything you need to get it serviced. So I bring it in. I'm going to shut the bike down for the rest of the, the season. Well, there is no rest of the season. The winter's here. And by mid to end of November is when I stop riding and I just take it in, get it fully serviced. Uh, and then I take it, bring it back. The only ride is from the dealership to my home, which is about 20 minutes. I put it in the shed, put the battery tender on it, clean her up, put the cover on it. She sleeps till March. Uh, maybe the end of February. Who knows? But for the most part, if we get some nice winter days, the bike's ready to ride. That's why I get it serviced at the end of the season. Now, during the season, I've already gotten the service, so it's ready to ride. So what I do is I change the fluids myself. I look the bike over myself. So since it got that inspection done already, it, it's pretty much set. I didn't ride the bike, so she's ready to go. And all I do is change the fluids and check the fluids and, and, and do visual inspections. I do T-clocks every time I ride, so that's, that's not a problem. And by this upcoming November, back in the shop, it'll go. And I'll pay that Harley price for that once a year, okay? Um, again, it's under warranty. If it wasn't under warranty, I fully service the bike. I will fully service it completely. Um, and it would not touch Harley. Why? Because it is, exp it is fairly expensive. A touring bike at Harley can go anywhere. Uh, all the fluids change to almost 400 bucks. That's kind of crazy for just changing fluids, you know? But anyway, that being said, that's the only reason why I take it to the dealership. Um, once it's out of warranty, guess what? If there's something that has to be repaired that I can't do it, then it'll go to an independent shop. I have a few independents around here. Um, never been to them. There's actually one that I want to go to because I want to set up an interview with him. There's a couple. And um, I would go to them. Because Harley, you know, to pay the dealership to do something that it's out of warranty, it's just too costly. Um, it's one bad thing about Harley. But I'm going to tell you right now where I go to, and I'll give them a plug. Old Tools Harley Davidson in Wartsboro, New York. They do give me, at least me and my wife, we bought, we've bought four bikes there. I've had excellent customer service. I have zero complaints at all. You know, a lot of people, I've heard the horror stories that they go into a Harley dealership, they're never approached. No one even bothers. I, I haven't had that experience at O'Toole's Harley Davidson at all. It's been a great, great experience um, with them. The owner, Tommy, we know on a first name basis. Every time he sees us, he'll stop and, hey, what's up? What's going on? Everything okay? You know, he wonders, yeah, your bike's all right? Everything good? Yeah, yeah, we're here for a service, or we're here to buy some T-shirts or merchandise. Good to see you again. Don't forget to come this Sunday for whatever event they're having. And, you know, everybody smiles. Everybody knows us. They're, hey, how you doing? You know, it's, it's good. You know, the guy that sold me my bike is on a first name basis for me. I talk to him all the time. So it, it was great. So uh, those horror stories that I've heard about Harley, I've never had them. That's for sure. So um, every shred of research that I have done, including on my own service warranty this is what i've picked up um 
That's the only thing that kills me with Harley is the price. But the problem is, is that dealer or independent shop, here's the choice. If you are under warranty, and like I am, I'm kind of bound to go to the dealership. Why? Because if I attempt to go to an independent with my repair, it won't be covered on the warranty. Harley sold me that warranty. It comes with the bike. Therefore, it has to go to Harley. Once I'm out of that warranty, however, I can go to the independent, no problem, because I don't have to worry about it. So that's my options right now. If you own a Harley and it's under warranty, that's probably your option as well. Now, again, this was through the research I did. I read all the fine print on my contract for the warranty. I looked at everything, and pretty much it legally binds you to if you get it done by someone else and it wasn't done officially per Harley-Davidson spec and all this other stuff, you voided the warranty pretty much. Now, you could turn around and say, yeah, well, if you take it to a good... My mechanic used to work for Harley, and he knows all the specs, and it's not the same thing. It really isn't. He's going to probably do the right thing by it, but how are you gonna, how's he going to get paid for it? It's 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 locked into Harley Davidson. Um, another thing that I I, I want to discuss is that you know in relation to this, whether it's a dealership or an independent shop, number one, the quality of service that you get, you can get it at either or. Again, I like I've said, I've had nothing but great a great experience at my local Harley Davidson dealership. But again, there's those horror stories out there. Let's listen, let's face it. Not every mechanic is a great mechanic, even with your car, you know who to take your car to same thing with a motorcycle. You know what Harley dealership you want to do business with. I've got three in my area. I bought them from one. I go to that same one out of sheer loyalty because they've given me the best customer service possible. So I still go to them. They still have me as a customer. The day they don't, I'll be honest. Bye. You'll never see my face in your store again. It's just that simple. That's how I am. I get that feeling. I don't like it. I'm not going there anymore. And I'm going to have to find some other option. But for the most part, they're great. Now, uh, you know, the shops, is only it's only as good as their mechanic. There's got to be a, a lead mechanic kind of QCing everything. You know, the bad thing about a lot of the dealership shops, and it's not only Harley, whether you go to Yamaha, Kawasaki, whatever, wherever you find them, there's a, a, a the guy who runs and manages the shop is really sometimes not a mechanic. They're just a, 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 a someone who's good with, you know, scheduling and organizing and managing the whole deal. So they manage. They're not technically a mechanic. Sometimes you don't get to speak to the mechanic who worked on your bike. Um, you sometimes don't get the greatest mechanics. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of the mechanics I've seen, and be honest with you, again, it has nothing to do with Harley or anything else. Harley shops, I've seen good mechanics. I've seen eh, mechanics, you know, Um same thing with Yamaha. Only problem I had as being a customer of a Kawasaki or a Yamaha, when you took it into those shops, those mechanics didn't seem, since they worked on, they didn't work on just Yamaha, Kawasaki. They worked on all 
types of foreign bikes. So you had Kawasaki Vulcans going to Hondas, Honda uh, 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 mechanics. Um, it was a, how can I say, it was an independent shop, but they sold strictly Honda motorcycles. I guess that would make it a Honda dealership, right? I don't know. But um, they worked on all types of uh, foreign bikes, metric bikes, let's say. Um, whereas Harley, I guess they could, but I've only seen Harleys at Harley. And these guys do a great job by the Harley bikes. The only thing I will say is that um, Harley mechanics, the way they're paid, I don't know how the other shops are paid. They they pay, let's say they, there's a specific job that takes two hours to do. They're expecting that mechanic to get it done in two hours. Nothing more. No, nothing more. Um, if he does it in less, that's great. But they will build two hours to that job and he better be done or else he ain't getting paid any more than two hours for that job. So, I mean, again, uh, I could definitely be wrong. Oh, excuse me. This was bad about video, man. When you got a quick yawn, everybody sees it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, again, dealership or independent bike shop, I guess that's up to you guys. If you got a warranty, you may want to stick to the dealer. Not unless you read the fine print and you find something I didn't. And you can beat the system, so to say. If you find something out, let me know. The Psychoshack Podcast at gmail.com. But I highly doubt it. Um, but again, just because the dealership is Harley Davidson doesn't mean their mechanics are 100% solid. Same thing with Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha. You got good mechanics. You got mechanics that are so so decent mechanics. Um, so again, you got to get to know a mechanic. It's basically on who you know and trust. Sometimes you may want to pay that mechanic, even though he may be a dealership mechanic, you may want to pay that dealership their asking price for whatever the service is, only because, you know what, they're a little expensive, but this guy doesn't lie to me, he's been solid with me, I've been using him for four, five, six years, and he's great, I wouldn't go to anybody else. If you've got that relationship with him, great, great. And in in an independent shop, they'd be able to work with the price, it will definitely be cheaper. Okay, but an independent shop, you got that flexibility with with, with pricing. Um, if they know you're a good customer, they they know you on a first name basis. You've been there five, six, seven years. They're gonna go. They're, they'll tend to go a, a heck of a lot easier on you because they know they've got your business. Um, it's more intimate per se. Not that it wouldn't be in a Harley, but sometimes you know, I you know the Harley Davidson dealership that I go to is it's. It's small, but it's been around for years. It's got over 45 years in business, maybe 50. Um, so they've been around. It's not the biggest and the flashiest Harley-Davidson dealership. You can definitely tell it's it's an old dealership by the look of it. I have another dealership not too far um, that I have gone to events that they've hosted that it's got all the flash. It's got the latest and greatest. It's got the latest and greatest uh, uh, used bike section. Uh, there's a cafeteria section where you stop, get coffee and donut, donuts if it's morning, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Finger sandwiches if it's the afternoon. Um, but for the most part, it's like a little city inside of motorcycle heaven. Um, my place isn't exactly like that. They've got all the hearty swag that you need, but um, it's a little bit more intimate. So, you know, you tend to, to build that relationship. So it's been good. 
So again, anything else on this topic, man, at, uh, you know, on Facebook at the Cycle Shack Podcast or the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. So real quick, moving forward, I got a couple of articles that I do want to share and read with you guys. Um, the main one I'll save maybe for last, but for the most part, um, I want to uh, get my notes ready here. So. First things first, you know, we, we all can't wait till, uh, you know, we all miss the show Sons of Anarchy. I know I do. Uh, I've, I've been watching some of the reruns and catching some of the reruns, you know, and uh, Kurt Sutter announced that the Mayans MC, the Sons of Anarchy spinoff was going to be coming out. That's been like a year and a half in the making, almost two years. And uh, it's finally here. It's coming this fall. I believe the air date is the same. It's September, I believe. You know, like the around right around aboutish, round aboutish, between September fourth and September 9th. somewhere roundabouts when Sons of Anarchy used to air. That's when they're gonna air it. and They're gonna keep it. So there's been several commercials out. I've had them on the pod on the uh, Facebook page. Um, for the most part, it's leaving you wanting to see it. You know, I can't wait to see it. So. Uh, this little quick next segment is everything we would like to know about the Mayans Sons of Anarchy spinoff. So this article that I'm reading is by Uproxx, Kimberly Ritchie, news editor from Uproxx.com. This is entitled Everything We Know About Kurt Sutter's Sons of Anarchy spinoff Mayans MC. So like I said, again, I can't wait till the show comes back. I'm fiending for it. Can't wait to see it. I want to see the Latino twist they put to it. Um, it's going to be a good show. Again, it's motorcycles. You know what I mean? We need a good motorcycle show on TV again. So, Sons of Anarchy fans have been waiting for years to see the debut of Mayans MC, the next biker-oriented installment of Kurt Sutter's universe. I know I have. The man himself co-created the spinoff with Elgin James, and executive producers Norberto Barbara as well. FX ordered a, an initial 10-episode season that shall duly arrive at a yet unannounced date in the fall of 2018. Well, okay, again, I say they're coming out maybe September. Same time the Sons of Anarchy used to start. Um, reportedly there have been some production stumbles to overcome. Like I read, uh, about, uh, what, eight months ago that they, they got rid of <laughs> the whole original staff and started over. That's crazy. Um, but hopefully the goods will satisfy enough to make everyone forget about Jack's teller and the green screen of death. I don't know about that. Sons of Anarchy was good. Here's what we know so far about the series. Jack's teller is definitely dead. And the crow no longer flies. The network has been careful to not hint at all that Charlie Hunnan's Jack's Teller could appear in the show. In fact, the show's synopsis actually states that Mayans MC, so named for the rival of Sam Crow organization led by Jax, takes place in a post-Jack's Teller world. Which means he's gone. This is after him. Sutter is apparently so dead set on hammering Jax's demise home that 
The newly revealed footage at last week's ATX television festival began with a motorcycle further flattening a crow that was already roadkill. That's how it started for Sons of Anarchy, I think. When Jax Tiller was riding his dyna, he rode over a crow, I think. I, I think I, I got it. Oh, no, there was a crow on the road. Whatever. Whatever the case, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, whatever the case, Sutter does, doesn't want to completely close previous doors. He has begun, begun tweeting uh, the photo below, which shows Emilio Rivera um, with his Mayans patch walking next to Jax Teller. So it shows uh, uh, footage of them walking, and it shows their backs with their patches. One says Mayans, and then Jax Teller with his Sons of Anarchy. Uh, the cast will mostly be fresh to the Sutter universe. Um, as laid out by Mayans MC IMDB page, Emilio Rivera, who played Marcus Alvarez, president of the Mayans Oakland Charter and Sons of Anarchy, is still the only confirmed familiar face serving as a link to the past. The main character of the Mayans should be played by J.D. Pardo, who rides as Ezekiel Easy Reyes. Uh, fresh out of prison in the pilot episode is seeking to step out of prospect boots in the Cali-Mexi border charter of the Mayans. So, on and on and on and on. So, the show will aim for an authentic Latino perspective. Sutter has publicly stressed that his commitment to Latino authenticity is so strong that he diversified the Mayans' writing room because... As he stated, I knew a white guy from Jersey should not be writing solely about Latino culture. However, Sutter emphasized that while the show will touch upon real issues faced by Latinos in America, he wants to avoid getting political, according to The Hollywood Reporter. I do not write political shows, quote. I should not write political shows, but the same way Sons was a fictitious club and family, in a real world, the real world always impacted the, that show. Okay. In other words, Sutter won't shy away from taking his characters into realistic situations, especially since the show's setting is pretty damn close to the U.S.-Mexico border. Further, he realizes that these are going to be politically charged and emotionally charged situations, of course. The quest for the best authenticity demands that this will bleed into the storytelling at times. So, let's see what happens, man. I'm itching. I'm itching for this thing to come out, man. I'd like to at least see the first episode, just the pilot episode, just to see what it's going to be like, man. I can't wait. So that's all I got on that. Moving on to the next segment here. Anti-gravity motorcycle batteries. So, I've mentioned these before, and I did a little, little bit more research on them. Um, Lithium-ion batteries are becoming the thing of the future. One brand that I was looking at was Anti-Gravity. Um, you can check them out, antigravity.com. Let me make sure I got that website right. So, basically... Get a supercharged boost in a compact size. So they're definitely a lot smaller than the average battery. Okay. Um, where 
where's the website here where's the info what in the world happened there we go so anti-gravity the weight is only five pounds which is a lot less than the average motorcycle battery they make a three pound 480 cranking amp lithium ion battery um half the size of lead acid um this is your go battery for the high power most compact size available so these batteries will last a lot longer than a lead acid battery the only particular thing you will need is a battery tender that does lithium ion batteries you can get a combination charger you know that way in case you still have your normal battery on another bike you can do both swap back and forth lithium ion to uh, lead acid etc so that's the best thing to do and those chargers don't cost any more than the average chargers you can get it for $29.99 $39.99 and Walmart etc so it's not bad it's a lot of weight removed from the bike you know the battery is a pretty heavy component in the bike if you can cut that weight down to less than half that's great you know what I mean and the the lithium ion battery lasts a lot longer let me see here um i have here that this they can last up to what's going on here i have too many uh advertisements popping up on me not cool no good my notes are messed up here so anywhere between six and eight years that's pretty cool you know um, I, usually after two to three years my battery i kind of look to getting it replaced before it even goes dead on me um on my car i give my battery four years that's all i give them so I'm having some issues with my notes here. So we're going to move forward with that. But yeah, so I, I spoke about lithium ion batteries on a previous podcast. But again, I wanted to touch base on a, a, a type, a brand. So this is anti-gravity. They're called antigravity.com. Check them out. Just Google search them. Anti-gravity uh, lithium ion motorcycle batteries and read away. It's the wave of the future, guys. Lithium ion. So much more better of a battery. And let me tell you this. You can take a lead acid battery, not keep it on a tender. Try to start your bike in two weeks. If it starts, it's going to start weak. Um, try a month, all right, on a two-year battery that hasn't been tended in about a month. Good luck. May not start on you. Anti-gravity, they don't lose. Lithium-ion batteries, I won't say anti-gravity. Lithium-ion batteries in general do not lose a lot of charge. They don't leak a lot of charge capability. In that amount of time, I think they can sit for about a year and lose only a small, tiny percentage. Probably still crank your bike over after a year without a battery tender. That's that's pretty damn good, if you ask me. But I don't know. So, in other topics, Indian motorcycle reveals its race-inspired FTR twelve hundred coming to the Indian lineup. For 2019, they're going to make it production. It's their flat track winner. It's what their flat track races have been racing. Um, 
It, it's been proven that this bike hauls ass. And um, it, it's basically a scout. Okay, it's basically a hopped up Indian scout. Um, the FTR. <clears throat> this article is by uh, CNET.com by Kevin Hyatt. Uh, the FTR is a inspired by Indians championship winning flat track racer and could just be a huge win for the company if everything goes right. So um, it, it uh, it's kind of what Harley Davidson did with the XR1200 Sportster on the race scene. Or, or using the uh, which kind of took the look of their XR750 racer uh, now they're using the hopped up version of the Street 750 also um, so now Indian came out with the FTR 1200 so they're saying why not make it a production bike so that's what they're doing for 2019 uh, it's a good looking bike You know again I tell myself all the time I look for I, 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 I'm trying to hate Indian I really am I'm, I'm not particularly fond of their bikes But I like them because they're the other American motorcycle company And we need that You know what I mean I wish there was a third I wish I wish uh, 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 Victory was still around Yeah I know the same corp- parent corporation owned them But I, I don't know It'd be nice to have three American-made motorcycle companies, big you know, motorcycle companies around. Um, now you just got Indian and Harley, pretty much. Whew. Excuse me, another yawn. Man, I hate this. So, be on the lookout, 2019. You're going to see it. Indian's FTR 1200, the race-inspired bike. Probably see a couple of hipsters and millennials getting them. I don't know. We'll see. I want to hate them so bad, but I can't. I can't, not yet. So. On my next little quick segment here. Next and final. The biggie. So. Here's the deal. Harley-Davidson decided to sell their Kansas City plant and decided to go overseas to India because they wanted to focus on getting that model out there to the European market, the 750 Street. Wow. Maybe I'm a little tired. (laughs) So they closed down Kansas City they sent some, not a lot, maybe 200 jobs over to York, PA. And here we go. I'm going to read this article by auto.ndtv.com. By the car and bike team. It's featured on July 22nd's webpage. Harley-Davidson starts facing increased EU tariffs. The European Union has slapped a 25% import duty on U.S.-made motorcycles, which are imported and sold in Europe. Wow. 
the European Union has begun taxing the import of motorcycles from the United States into Europe in retaliation to the U.S. government's increased tariffs on aluminum and steel. Wow. The EU will now impose a 25% tariff on all motorcycles above 500cc, which are being brought from the United States. The affected American motorcycle brands will certainly be Harley-Davidson and Indian Motorcycles, folks. Harley's not alone in this. Which will see higher sticker prices in Europe, of course, and is certain to affect sales. Harley-Davidson sells around 40,000 motorcycles every year in the European Union. The magnitude of the effect on Harley-Davidson's sales excuse me, is yet to be unknown. So, you know, even though their sales are not tanking very badly, they're still going down. If they keep going down like this, it could be major problems. We support free and fair trade and hope for a quick resolution to the issue. We believe a punitive retaliatory tariff on Harley-Davidson motorcycles in any of our major markets would have a significant impact on our sales, our dealers, our suppliers, and our customers in those markets, Harley-Davidson said in a statement. Now, India to hike import duty on U.S.-made motorcycles also. So far, it's not clear as to the precise magnitude of the effect the new tariffs will have on the motorcycle prices, but Harley-Davidson is more likely to be the more affected company considered Indian's European footprint isn't that strong, and the new growth of Indian is mostly concentrated inside the U.S. But, It's not only just the European Union where Harley-Davidson will face the heat in the upcoming months. India has also decided to slap retaliatory tariffs against 30 U.S. products, which will come into effect on August 4th. And India is set to impose a 50, greedy bastards, 50% tariff on U.S.-made Motorcycles with engine capacities of more than 800 cc. Harley-Davidson is the leading premium motorcycle brand in India with annual sales of over 3,000 motorcycles. The only saving grace for Harley-Davidson in India is that the only f- only four of the 16 motorcycle models sold in India are full imports from the U.S., The bulk of the Harley-Davidson India sales come from the Made in India Street 750 and Street Rod models. Yeah, so, I mean, how are they going to hit them with a tariff if they're already there making the bikes, pretty much, or going to be there? So how much is that? Well, at least the India's tariff. 50%, man. Are they bugging? But anyway, I thought I'd mention that and talk about it on the podcast. I think they're crazy. Um, I, I got more articles on this, but I don't want to, I don't want to bore you guys with the same topics. Maybe I will. No, kidding. Um, is there anything new to add on that? So, I mean, again, it's going to, I don't know how it's going to affect Harley Davidson's bottom line here in the U S 
But uh, I can't understand. Uh, aside from getting back at the U.S. for imposing the other tariffs on steel and aluminum, um, I don't know, man. Um, it, it it just sounds crazy to me. They're going to your country and bringing you a product. It's, it's become the number one product in that company as far as motorcycles is concerned. And you put a 50% tariff on it. Wow. So I don't know. So what do you think about this info with the tariffs? The Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. At the Cycle Shack Podcast with Facebook. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about Sons of Anarchy Mayans. What do you think the show's going to be like? What are you expecting to see? In typical Kurt Sutter fashion, something not far from Sons of Anarchy, just a Latino version. And uh, we shall see. Getting your bike serviced at the dealership or independent mechanic, independent gearhead. What do you think? You tell me. Send me some email, folks. Talk to me, the Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening. That's all I got for this week. The Cycle Shack Podcast, once again, is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the only way to podcast, guys. Again, if you're interested in podcasting, download the Anchor.fm app on your Android, iPhone, whatever phone you have, your iPad now available. Uh, go to their website, Anchor.fm. Hook up, first off, start an account, hook up your microphone, hit record, record your podcast. You can even do it from your phone with your earbuds on, as long as you have the earbuds that have the microphone piece for your for you to talk on your cell phone. That is sufficient enough to hit record and record your own podcast, maybe while you're driving into work one morning. You know, hands-free, you just sit there, flap your gums like I do, and out comes podcast gold. So check it out, anchor.fm. It's the only way to podcast, guys. No better way. So thanks for joining me. I'm Ivan Rodriguez at the Cycle Shack Podcast, Animal House Studios. We'll check you out next time. Don't know what the subject's going to be, but keep listening, folks. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you for supporting the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Keep downloading. Keep listening. Send your feedback. Go to the YouTube page of the Cycle Shack Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to it. That way you get alerted every time a new podcast airs. Again, it's only for audio. The visual is there. I got the camera feed set up. You can see me flapping my gums as I talk. Really nothing to see. It's meant for more to listen. It's just another way to listen, easier way to listen for some people who don't know how to navigate around podcasts. So there you have it. Talk to you soon, guys. Keep the rubber side down. See you next time. I'm out of here.